Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. This is episode 40, if you're keeping track at home. Can't believe we made it to 40. My co-host, Jolan Bioka, is here. Jolan, I, I think we're going with Gail Stayers episode on this one. Welcome back. I'm going with Sean Kemp. What's up, brother? Sean Kemp. Oh, man. Played next to the Glove and Gary Payton on those Supersonics teams. You know, the ones that just couldn't get past Michael Jordan. He Obviously, the story of him not saying, uh, George Carl not saying hello to Michael at dinner during the NBA Finals. Who who knew that would those happen? Those old heads are disrespectful. Uh, yeah, just completely and utterly disrespectful. But welcome back. Uh, again, I, I John, when we started this thing, 40 seemed so long away, so far and so long into the future, yet here we are. It's felt like five years, and it's felt like five seconds because of the pandemic, but we you're not keep, doing anything over the pandemic, you're doing yourself a disservice. We keep it rocking and rolling, and we got all types of audience members, ones that love it, some that use it to go to sleep. I'm cool with any which one, as long as you're listening to the episodes. Haters? Got some haters now? No, no, but sometimes people need a distressor, and they come <laughs> to us, okay, somehow, some way. But again, we appreciate you rating us. Uh, continue to do that on Apple and Spotify and, and Amazon and, and anywhere else we go from here. Continue to rate us. Let us know how we're doing. And again, you want to come on the show, we're going to start getting back to some guests, Jolan, as things start to kind of come back into fruition, try to get some new guests here on the podcast. And, and we're just going to keep it rocking and rolling. 2021's motto is to the moon, baby. That's it. So let's get it rolling. We're going to talk a little NFL. Jolan, where do you want to go first? Um, Let's go with the draft process here. There's a lot of questions specifically around a pandemic draft process. You saw last year they did a virtual draft. And right. players kind of solidified themselves early beforehand. Where do you think the pro days and stuff that should be ran February, early March, where do they go before April? What does the draft process look like? Do players move up and move down, or who right? Does what? You know those rioters that were at my doorstep saying pro days matter uh, last year. Actually, they have a good point this year because they'll actually mean something. Usually, the pro day again, it's quarterbacks thrown to receivers who are not covered. They're in shorts and a t-shirt. Some of them don't even wear shirts. Huh. I guess they idolized J.R. Smith growing up, um, but it, it it usually is nothing. Now you're gonna see if guys compete. Are they going to get their measurable? They'll get the measurables height and weight, obviously, and wingspan, those big ones, but are they going to run the 40? Is a guy like Devontae Smith, what does he gain out of running a 40 at his pro day? He wouldn't in a non-COVID year, but is he going to do it this year to prove something? Does he have something to prove? Does he have more to lose than he does to gain, actually, by running a 40? Now, you talk about running 40s. There's guys like John Ross. There's other guys that have ran ridiculously fast 40s. We look at Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Simmons last year. Ran a four three forty. I watched it on national television. It was a, it was unreal. It sold me on him. So when guys come up on the scene, do you think some dudes do have to prove something there? Like some guys that may be under the radar, is it beneficial for them to have a pro day? Are the collegiate level schools even going to allow it? Is the combine going to be allowed? What do you think? Yeah, we're going to see. It all depends again geographically where they are. Are they going to now? Here's the other question: Does a school like I don't know, like Alabama, Birmingham University, some like little school, do they start calling up guys like maybe the Ivy League guys that are looking to go pro? Now, they're again, they're a different situation because they're at an extreme disadvantage. We went in on them last week, but they're at an extreme disadvantage because not only do they have no combine, they also had no game tape from the fall. But you're talking about guys that have game tape that are like borderline draft prospects. Do they look to go to other schools where they'll be allowed to compete 
allowed to run those numbers. And again, how does that technology work, right? Because a lot of it is just hand time. You see at the combine though, it's all laser time and confirmed by hand time. So how much how much integrity is there? Are guys 100% truthful? It opens up a can of worms that I don't think many in the NFL world want. So let's get to the middle of the pack. I'm not talking really about the lower or the, the highest of the high, Trevor Lawrence being the highest of the high right now. Well, he let's, already had surgery because he knows he's going to Jacksonville. <laughs> so let's get, let's get the middle of the pack questions going. Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, two guys that have shown tremendous tape last fall as opposed to the Ivy who has no games. And now Zach Wilson seems to be above Justin Fields. Does Justin Fields gain something from throwing? Does Zach Wilson lose something from throwing? What do you think the situation is here? No, and again, I think I think everybody, again, these scouts are smart enough. Smart, You know, again, you could argue whether they're smart, but they're smart enough. Mel Kuyper would say otherwise. Right, they're smart enough to understand that you take a lot of it, even the combine, with a grain of salt. But at least the combine is there with... NFL coaches, you are being coached up to do these drills that translate. Now, on a pro day, you kind of do and pick as you choose, which obviously leads to leads to a different situation. I, I honestly, I, I'm really stuck on this one because I don't really see the benefit of Fields just lining up in shorts and a t-shirt and slinging the ball to dudes he has been it is for the, the past three years. It is the open gym comparison. How good do you look in an open gym? Everyone's going to look like a Michael Jordan. So. Right, right. So you, you would hope. Otherwise, you'd probably... You're, you're probably not on that level. <laughs> right. So, you know, but again, I think Zach Wilson is a guy that you saw this year tremendously his film helped him. So I, I don't think the pressure is on him to throw. There's going to be debates going back and forth between these guys. I think maybe... And I don't even know... Because there's all this talk about, oh, Fields, he, he doesn't scan the field well. He doesn't get through his first read. Guys, some of that is their college system. Some of that is your offense is predicated on your number one target having an option route. And you have to wait for that option to develop to determine whether he's open or not. There's a lot of different factors that go into that. I think it's an unfair thing. And Mel Kuyper compared it to guys like Josh Allen, Hello. And, and uh, MVP talk they, there's another name, but uh, it, it starts with a J, too. I forget. Justin exactly. Herbert. Justin Herbert. There you go. To, you know, he compared it to those type guys. It, it was some of the same stuff they were talking about when those guys came out, and they've done a pretty good job as compared to the guys they said are can't miss products. And, you know, again, it's still early to determine, but. They haven't lived up to the hype so far. Let's take note, listeners, that Goose might have a photogenic memory. He just looks at things, clicks it. He knew it was a J, but it's got scrambled up here. That's intense, bro. Yeah, there's a lot going on that's, up here. That's a great shout-out. So let's go to the all good. Let's get to the top tier. Your, your Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, you had already alluded to. And now Trevor Lawrence already having surgery. There's obviously no reason for them to be putting themselves in Combine's way. But there are also some upper guys like Jalen Waddle, And you have a couple of guys I'm blanking on right now that can solidify themselves as the top receiver. Kyle Pitts can um, solidify right. himself as a top catcher in this class. Do those guys have something to lose Yeah, here? so I think... They're Jay, all going I, top 15. Right, I think Jalen Waddle. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't... Smart's probably not the word, but I think he needs to run the 40 more than anybody. What does his speed look like post that ankle injury? And can we see him not walk around like he just broke his ankle? That's what we watched when they played in the national championship game. You know what I mean? Like it, it's really, it's really one of those things. And then you talk about a guy like Kyle Pitts; he's got to run the forty-two. Everybody's talking about, oh, this guy can play wide receiver. Well, what's his forty time? 
Can he really run past D-backs? How does that work? A guy like Penny Sewell from Oregon, the big left tackle, was is is considered to be one of the top offensive line prospects they've seen in X amount of years. He's He hasn't played football in a year. Now, again, the 40 isn't that much important to the offensive line, but it can benefit him. And let's I want to see his three-cone drill. How does he change direction? Because that's obviously really important. What about like Jamar Chase, second, maybe third receiver in his class right now? Had an amazing season prior to last year. He sat out the whole year. Does he have to show something right now? Or I just no? again, I want to see the speed. What what is what does he have? Because again, that seems to be the question around receivers. Again, cut, catching the ball, I, I trust. He, like he better be able to catch the ball, or he's playing the wrong position. We'll just transfer <laughs> him to D back if he can. But what does his speed look like? Is he the same speed he was? When he played, again, what did he do and what did he accomplish in this year off? I think that's one of the biggest questions facing any of the guys that opted out. So transitioning from the draft process, I was watching Good Morning Football today and Peter Schrager had a good question. It's always a good morning if there's football. (laughs) If you're a GM right now and the situation bases itself around quarterbacks moving, do you go for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson right now? Yeah, that's... that's, Again... A lot of it is your. It's obviously about your situation, but if we're talking purely about these two guys, where they are at in their career, I want Deshaun Watson. He's a younger guy. He's made smarter decisions as of late. Uh, he doesn't. He gets sacked, but he doesn't take as many sacks as Russell Wilson. And let me explain what the difference in that is. Deshaun Watson is oftentimes just getting hit by dudes that just beat the tackles or beat the guards. They run a little twist inside, and they can't handle it. Russell Wilson is beating that first guy and then dropping back, holding on to the ball for long. Uh, a lot of his sacks are because of him. Not it, it, it's not His offensive line Whoa. isn't great, but a lot of it is he holds on to the ball a lot, uh, and then because he's smart, He's not going to throw it in harm's way. He just eats it and lives to fight another down, therefore taking a sack. I I just, at where they're at in their careers right now, I want Deshaun Watson, a guy that's hungry. He ha- Again, he hasn't won anything. He's got an extreme chip on his shoulder. And I expect him, again, we saw he was he was a top five quarterback last year on a 4-12 football team. Now imagine what he's going to do with the number one receiver. Or a number two receiver who doesn't get suspended for PEDs. Or a real tight end. Sorry, Darren Fells. Or whatever your name was. You, you're not, you know, it's just, it doesn't Jordan cut it. In that mix. it. Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't cut it down there, uh, especially in Houston. So to see where he can go and potentially get weapons, I want Deshaun Watson. So what is the price of Watson if the Colts just got Wentz for a conditional first and a third? Oh, I see a hell of a lot more than that. Let's be honest. So it's, what if you're the, if you're the Jets per se, you got a ton of first round picks. See, Do you have to give the Texans something they can't refuse, or they're not moving off of him because Watson just had a meeting with his brand new coach. I forgot his name. He's so forgetful. Told him straight up, outright, I do not want to be here. I do not plan on playing for this organization right. or you. David Culley being their new coach. Um, this Houston thing, it's really what a weird hire. It's really a. Uh, I, I want to keep this. I want to keep this as G-rated as possible. It is a genital measuring competition between who's gonna who's gonna actually follow through on what they say. Is Deshaun Watson really willing to sit out games? It, it, right. We've seen we've seen two running backs do it. We've seen Le'Veon Bell who actually sat out an entire year, and we saw Melvin Gordon who folded at a certain point and came back. 
Again, mixed result. Neither one of them turned out to be great after it. But again, we're talking about Deshaun Watson. And, John, I'll say this, and I've said this before. If you feel Deshaun Watson puts your team in a chance to win a Super Bowl, a chance to compete, especially when you haven't in a while, you there is no price tag. There is no price tag for that quarterback because it's the same thing we talk about in the draft. The, what is the price tag for, oh, say, the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence? There is none if you think he's your guy. And same thing with the Jets at two. If they love Justin Fields, there is no price tag for them to move out of that spot. There is no price tag if you feel he's your guy. So that's it's really an evaluation process. And as Mel Kuyper likes to say, you have to evaluate and scout with anticipation as opposing to just seeing what's on the field. Again, that's great. That's a lot of what you're able to see. But you also have to scout with anticipation at the same time. And but but you want to talk about value, John? We're talking easily minimum. The talks better start at two ones, two ones and a two, bare minimum, bare minimum starting of the conversation. One more question before we break down yep. what we're going to call paydays and purges. I like that for the sure. NFC West. Paydays and purges is coming up. But right now, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have the number one overall pick. Texans are calling for Watson. I I. No. Hello. Nope. Whoa. Nope. Because again, if they believe you don't know what Trevor Lawrence can do on the NFL level, and but, you wouldn't. But oh, if they, if they that, believe Trevor Lawrence is their guy, again, this is all about marriages, Joe. True. Urban Meyer. Does Urban here. Meyer want to be married to? Does he want to be married to Trevor Lawrence, or does he want to be ma- married to Deshaun Watson? And I would, I would have to say them right now, and the way that organization is trying to flip everything on its head, I would say it would be Trevor Lawrence. I think a different team might might think otherwise, but I, I do believe the Jacksonville Jaguars would stick with Trevor Lawrence. So let's stay with the new segment, Paydays and Purges. We're going to break it down west, south, north, and then we'll finish with the east over the next four weeks before we start breaking down draft. It'll set us up right for April. Paydays and Purges will start with the NFC West. The Seahawks, Yeah. do they realistically get rid of Russell Wilson? They're now 18th in the cap. They only have, let's see here, $4 million in cap coming up for the next season. And if Russell Wilson leaves, they'll be way negative, negative thirty-five million with a thirty-nine million dead cap. Yeah, so he would be thirty-nine million dead cap if they traded him before June first, which you would assume would happen because teams would want draft picks in this draft. But in the case that it didn't, and they did it after June first, they would then split the cap hit. I believe it would be eighteen one year and twenty-six million the next. Hello. Uh, not great, but it would be more beneficial. And then you're talking about a guy like K.J. Wright who needs a contract. And he has been very open on saying he was on uh, Jim Rome. Uh, a name Rome is burning, back, baby. You know, way back onto ESPN, you know, where he is now. He spoke, to Jim, he spoke to K.J. Wright and he said, with what I do on a football field, there is no reason, no, no sense making to why I should take a hometown discount, which you look at their cap situation, that's going to be a problem. Some dudes are going to be casualties, likely going to be the offensive line, likely going to anger Russell Wilson a little bit more, but they got to find some cheap options to replace those guys. I don't know where they're coming from. Where's that Carol Magic and Schneider Magic we saw back in, what, 2012 when they took Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner? Hello. And I, I, think, I think Malcolm Smith was in that draft. Like, all these guys that turned out to be great for them, that happened in one year. Where has that Magic been 
And is it going to come to fruition? That's a great question, and we'll stay in the NFC West with cap problems, if you will, the oh, Los boy. Angeles Rams. They just brought in Stafford, so there's going to be no purging except for Jared Goff, who's out. Their defense is staying together. I think they have a one-more-year window before contracts are up, and you right. got to start paying dudes. But here's the dilemma. They're in 30th in cap with negative $33 million below the 100, $180 million mark. What do you see the Rams doing? Are they staying put? Is this their win-now team? I think they have a two-year window with contracts. Honestly, though, with a lot of their contracts, there's not much uh, wiggle room. Excuse like me. Littleton's up in this next year. I know Donald's on two more years. Ramsey's on two more years. So you can say Isn't it's a one-year Isn't Littleton window. in Las Vegas? Corey Littleton? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I, I, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's in Vegas. Who's, who do they have to pay? Ramsey just got paid. Donald Donald's, just got paid. Yeah, Donald got paid two years ago. Who do they have to pay in the middle? I... I, I'm blanking on Rams middle linebackers. I don't know. But they. But listen, at the end that. of the day, we talk about this. L.A. never seems to have a cap, period. Like, let alone a cap issue or surplus. They just never seem to have cap. Um, it's but again, they, they bring they, in. Yeah, they have some young dudes in that secondary. Uh, Jordan Fuller, a guy that was really impressive. Shout out Ultapan. Uh, we've mentioned that before Hello. here. Um, yeah, but, but again, I think... I think Joel on this year they did they don't have a lot of wiggle room. Even when they cut guys, it's gonna come back in dead money. So I think this year they're gonna obviously find a way to get to the cap, but this has gotta be their win now team. The question is where are the sacrifices gonna be made? Where where is it gonna be made? Is it gonna be made on special teams? Is it gonna be made on you know, do you have to cut me you know, maybe a defensive end who would be a great pass rusher for you? You know, a guy like uh, um, I'm blanking on name, Michael Brockers, I believe, is still there. Uh, but they have a young core in that defensive line, which is which is good. They have a good balance of vets and, and young guys. But again, like where where do they? You know what? I, you know what I'm saying? Where do they upgrade anywhere? Well, let's stay on purges for the Los Angeles Rams because they got rid of Gurley and they're obviously getting rid of Goff. Right. They're not a team that get a, get rid of big contracts if they made a mistake in one year. Do they now get it right with all the money they're spending? You better hope so. You better like, hope. Do, otherwise, you're gonna be bankrupt the team soon. Field, do they look like the best in the NFL? Because to me, they don't. No, they don't. But I, but it, I do think, you know, this is the year though for them because they thought so much that golf was hampering that offense, you know, for a while. That John uh, John Walford or whatever his name was, he was a better option than Jared Goff in the, uh, you know, as we got to the playoffs. So, you know, I I think I think that's what I think that tells you what they thought of him. Now you have a supposed upgrade. What are you going to do with it? Can you get to the NFC Championship game? Because I think in terms of L.A., again, it's usually championship or bust with all their sports teams. But I would I would say getting to Great the point. NFC Championship game this year would be would be a high success for this team. I, I don't see them as a Super Bowl team yet. Staying in the NFC West for purges and paydays, we'll go to the Cardinals. They have the 16th best cap in the NFL with $11 million. Um, Kyler Murray obviously was a big hit with their number one overall pick. Where do they go? Free agency, where do they go in the draft? Or do they have to move anyone? Yeah, really fascinating. I would... Is Larry Fitzgerald tough. coming to an end? He retired, right? I think so, yeah. So uh, they have a receiver gap? Yeah, they have a receiver gap. Kenny Drake um, has been... Uh, he's been okay. But I think your immediate needs are your defense, period. <laughs> period. Like... Uh, you know, but again, you got good guys like you got an Isaiah Simmons who's going to play in his second year. You have a Buda you Baker. You have a Buda Baker back there. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I believe, is he's still there. Yeah, he's still there for now. 
Uh, so you might need a. You're probably going to need a corner soon. Well, the Patrick Peterson dilemma was he wanted to be traded, and then all they all of a sudden put a team together that can win ten games. Right. So, so it's weird. You know, you're going to need a defense, and and we've we've seen this Joe on in the past, where teams make a lot of splash decisions in free agency for their defense, and and they they go through the draft getting more offensive guys and younger defensive guys. And and they make big splashes. Miami had a great had a better year last year than we've seen in God knows how long. The Giants, the Giants a few years ago. So you know, last year rather are, with Bradbury are, Martinez. Right? Are they a team? Well, yeah, last year too. But are they a team in position to do that again? You have the superstar quarterback. You have the superstar wide receiver. Now where do you go? Does T Hop need a new contract? What's going on here? Because that could throw a wrench in the uh, in the toolbox too. Um, of what of what they're able to do cap wise, but I think again I would address the offensive line in free agency and maybe find another weapons. Maybe a guy like Adam Humphreys, uh, who just became available from Tennessee. Maybe that's a good get for them. And then really, you know, or yeah, no, address through the draft the offensive line free agency. I'd I'd really attack that defense again. Adam Humphreys, I'd still keep an eye on. But that defense in free agency, look out. Who knows? Dalvin Tomlinson might be on the board for them if they need a D lineman. Uh, it's going to be scary yeah. with the Giants. We'll get into that obviously in a couple of weeks. But let's stay in the NFC West with the final team who actually has the 15th best cap, one more in front of the Cardinals. None of these teams have good cap situations. Oh, no. The None NFC of- West is pay people and try to win. And obviously, they did that with the highest win percentage in any division of football right. last year. The Niners. There's a lot of questions around Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a lot of questions about who they're bringing into their ball club. Obviously, they're two years away from the Super Bowl, removed from the Super Bowl, rather, but it feels like a lot of years. What, is the Niners, what do the Niners do to get control of the NFC West? I think that's just how unforgettable last year was with all the injuries they suffered. Solomon Thomas, Joey Bosa, Very Garoppolo got hurt. They, and, and again, uh, the two defense alignment were for the entire season, so that's a little bit different. But uh, listen, what is their trust in Jimmy Garoppolo? Mel Kuyper is predicting they trade up for a guy like Justin Fields. Hello. I think I, I honestly think they're looking for a new quarterback because again, how many more years can you give Jimmy G? What if it doesn't work out this year and you're looking for a quarterback next year where you may not find the talent of what you're going to see right off the right off the Look at the quarterbacks you could have go in the top 10. Look, look at the, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. That's just a start. That's off the top of my head. Mac Jones' real name is Mike Jones. So I would prefer referring to him as Mike that, Jones that, the whole process. Mike Michael McCorkle Jones. Oh yeah, least. and Mike Mike Jones is a big influence in our lives. That, so. that is true. <laughs> Mike, that's why I'm Mike, gonna, and he's a rapper. Mike Jones a bust. <laughs> that's why I'm going to reserve that name for our Mike Jones. Um, but you Michael at, Jones make him sound like. But <laughs> you look at all those guys, and and they have real potential. Oh, yeah. And that you may not find next year. Oh, yeah. You know, again, we don't know what the quarterback class is going to look like, but I would explore it if I was San Francisco. Is Jimmy G a transition guy for a guy like McCorkle Jones? <laughs> so we'll stay McCor- McCorkle <laughs> Jones or like a Justin Fields. <laughs> Can you hold on to Jimmy G for the remainder of his contract and really get his worth? Or is, is that time, that era really done if they draft a quarterback at seven or if they move up? Like no, Mel I mean, again, you have Kyle Shanahan's system. So... It's always gonna fit a guy like McCorkle Jones. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's, it will it will do that. But Trey um, Lance, even a guy that needs maybe one developmental year because of where he's coming out of, yeah. and no games last year except one showcase. Right. So I think that he didn't even play well in, by the way. Uh, so I do think I do think he could be that bridge guy. 
But again, that's why you would look to draft them this year instead of waiting until next year. Again, I don't even know what free agent quarterback, but how many times do big time quarterbacks hit the free agency market? Anyway, I, I, I don't know. Do they love a guy like Sam Darnold? But here's the other big problem, Jolan. Robert Shala is gone. The, he was one of the best, if not the best, defensive coordinator in the league. He's gone. Period. Uh-oh. You know, There's so a where, purge. where do they go from there? And who, Richard? I don't believe Richard Sherman's coming back. So how does how does that defense revamp itself and re-identify itself come the regular season? Those were two purges. Save the best for last, right there. Now we'll, <laughs> we'll move conferences. We'll stay, or we'll go from the NFC West rather to the AFC West, and we'll start with the team that's made the Super Bowl two times in a row. Uh, in a row, rather, it's the um, Kansas City Chiefs out of Missouri, not Kansas. There we go. Pat Mahomes, obviously, is the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. No doubt. But they're going to have to pay a lot of dudes very, very soon after giving Mahomes his tenure. I know Kelsey's due up soon, right? Yep. Tyreek Hill's due I, I up believe, soon. I believe everybody is back this year. And it's a problem because they have the number 29th cap nice. in the league. So Chiefs window, if you will, if they're going to retain everybody, it's right now. Yeah, it's right it, now. <laughs> it is. It is right now. If they don't retain anybody, rather, I would. I would also look in free agency, find a cheap offensive lineman, if you could. You know, somebody's more serviceable than Mike Remmers, um, because again, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. They were, and again, some some will say, "Oh, it's a freak thing," but they got des. They were decimated by injury. They have a coach who understands the next man up, and they completely fell apart. Jolan completely fell apart that offensive line. That's got to be the best unit on the team in those moments of time, they but but they weren't. So that's the unfortunate part. I think, I think in terms of this offseason, again, I would probably look for a pass rusher. I mentioned this in a previous episode. I would look for a pass rusher to go along with Frank Clark. Again, how can you get pressure with four? Is a big question. Can you do it instead of having to blitz Tyron Matthew? Is Leonard Williams their guy? Whoa! Uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money for that because he's going to get paid this year by somebody. It might be a franchise tag by the Giants, which would be thirty-two million over two years, which is just not good if you don't have a long-term no. deal with. Well, that. it'll be it'll be one year. Didn't he plan with the franchise tag last year? Yeah, and I think it's sixteen and sixteen. That's why I was saying thirty-two. I, no, I think it goes up. Oh, it might I be 16 it, and 19. Yeah, no, I think it goes up. It might up be 16 and 19. Because, like, I know Dak Prescott played under 31.9 last year or something, and his two-year total is 70, so, which means he It would, might be 35 at 16 and 19 rate. Right. You're right. Which, With no long-term commitment there correct. is a big problem. Correct. I mean, so there's a lot of questions around the Giants even. So we'll continue in the AFC West, rather, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Almost caught myself saying Oakland. They have the 23rd Sorry, best cap in the NFL. They're actually minus $7 million. Is Derek Carr their guy? Is Jake Gruden even worth his money? Uh, John Gruden? Absolutely uh, not. Obviously, Jake Gruden watched no, the No, John team. Gruden is not worth $100 million. He wasn't when he got hired, let alone now. Uh, is Derek Carr their guy? I don't think so. Uh-oh. I don't think... Just like all this, all the talk from Gruden and all this, all this stuff, bro, I don't see it. Like what, what? I'll take has, him on the Giants. But what has Gruden done to prove to you that says I like Derek Carr as my quarterback? He's the guy I want to be married to. That we we haven't seen it. I mean, he's never done that to anybody. Well, right. You know, like but, look, at the, look at the Buccaneers Super Bowl he won in two thousand two. I think it was Brad Johnson, didn't he? Yeah, it was. It was just wild. And then he had a couple of years with Jeff Garcia. Like 
his quarterback track isn't necessarily a no, Mariners it's type not deal. great, but but it's but again, it's who do you feel comfortable? He didn't draft Derek Carr. He came into Derek Carr on a big deal, no less. So there wasn't much wiggle room. I believe this year, this offseason, there is wiggle room to get rid of him without any dead cap or close to no dead cap. So it, it will be interesting if they find somebody they like. And it raises questions around the 10-year deal. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr was only there for a, a, his final or his first four years in the deal, I think it was, coming on his fifth. I believe so. So maybe it's a new rookie. Maybe it's a – I don't there's know. There's questions. There's yeah. definitely questions around the Raiders. And there's definitely questions around the Chargers. I know they have just found their quarterback and Justin Herbert, who's, who's a their, who's their coach? Needle in the haystack. Anthony Lynn. No, he got bounced. No, he got. Ooh, he got that's a good boot. question. I told you he was going to get the boot. That's the that's Everybody's a like, oh, good that's question. A little, I got to look that up right now. That's a little right harsh. Now. No, it's not. But nonetheless, the the Ram, uh, the Chargers, the Rams. I'm saying in L.A. <laughs> the Chargers right now are pretty sitting pretty good in cap. They're sitting at. Nine in cap space with twenty three million on the table. Good. You got Keenan Allen who is due up for a payday, I think. Probably, soon. yeah. Justin Herbert's on a rookie deal, so the time to win is when now. The time to spend is now. Yeah, obviously yeah. quarterbacks on a rookie deal give you that flexibility. So yeah. what do the Chargers do? Who who is their coach? Um, I'm gonna be looking that up. Yeah, in a second. no, it's uh, listen, they're they're a team that has never lacked talent. It's it's at this point learning how to win. They 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 were Brandon Stolly. Brandon Staley. Staley, maybe. Staley? Staley. Okay. Um, These no names. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they have to learn how to win close games. Period. He was the former like, Rams defensive coordinator. Okay. okay so, that's, so he has some good traction. He I'm was a former about. defensive uh, D3 coach. I think he was just a D3 coach three years ago. So he ago. might be moving up the ranks. I'm uh, talking smack for no reason. He is moving up. But I I, I just, John, I don't, I, there's not much for me for the Chargers. Again, Right, I would go out and spend the money. Spend what you need to get the guys that you want. Do whatever you want with the talent. But again, you have to learn to win first. You have to learn to win first. I don't care if you've got the 92 Dream Team out there on the basketball court. They have to learn how to win first. Now, most of those guys had championships before they came, so they knew how to win. But you understand my point. Oh, yeah. These guys don't know how to win close games. And can they keep Derwin James healthy? Right? They they He's have the, they have a great playmaker back there. They have a guy like... The like, best strong like a, safety in the league when healthy. They have a guy like Tyron Matt. They have their Tyron Matthews. Yes. But he's always hurt. And Tyron Matthews not. And your best, availability, your best ability is availability. So it's hard for me to say. I don't think the Chargers have to make a ton of moves. They have to make the, the right ones and the smart ones. But other than that... They gotta learn how to win close football. And we games. will wrap up pays and purges with the last team in the AFC West, who might need to make a lot of moves with the Denver Broncos and the Mile High City. Rut roll. But it's good for them because they are sitting at fifth in cap space with positive forty two million. Wow. Vic Fangio, what does he do in year three, I believe he's going into? Wow, already? Already, I yeah. Get, wow. A lot of questions around the Broncos. Is Drew Locke their guy? Oh uh, no! I think last year proved it. Uh, <laughs> he is not their guy. Oh, uh, he was doing what is he? He was doing the whole Colgan down three touchdowns or something. Oh, that was dismal, uh, dude. Right, it's like a fourteen-year-old kid. Uh, John Elway's had really bad runs with quarterbacks. We see this all the time with Cam guys, Newton's better than him. With, with guys that are so good, guys that are so good during their playing days, they don't they don't do it well. It, it's funny because at the station I work That's at at WTBQ, the owner Frank. 
he, this dude is a savant when it comes to music, programming, doing everything, <laughs> putting it all together. if you will. But his, one of his biggest downfalls is that when he tries to teach you, he teaches you so fast, you have no idea. So you have to find another teacher <laughs> to slow it, to like slow it down. You like give him a bunch of the head down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you, no. No, I don't understand the damn word you're saying. So you go to the other teacher, you actually learn the stuff. But we see that all the time with people who are great at what they do. And John Elway is another one of them. He just doesn't get great quarterbacks, whatever it is. Garrett Bowles, does he come back? I believe his contract's up. He was he was he turned really his career good last around. Year. Yeah. He completely he was he was Mr. Mr. Hold Your D end and now he's, you know, a, a he was a great offensive lineman last year. So where do they go? I don't really know. Do you, is is Bradley Chubb in, not Bradley Chubb? Is uh, Nick, well, no, yeah, no, it's Bradley Chubb. Is Bradley uh, is Von Miller coming back? Very good question. I, I there don't, we go. I don't know. He might be a cap casualty. He he really might be. So at that point, where do you go with that defense? I would probably you got to strengthen up. I would say probably that linebacking core. Uh, need, needs a good one and a solid leader in the middle. It's weird because this is a team that's been to two Super Bowls over the past decade, and they just never have truly rebuilt. And now you're seeing the end days of what was a very, very good dynasty at the Peyton Manning days with Von Miller and them. They, they also, went to two Super Bowls and won one, I believe. They also never like, they never jump off the page of you. It's like it's like one of those they, they they're good. But they just end up eight and eight, or they, they, lose or they the go to Seahawks, the Super Bowl. They, oh, lose, they got smacked. and they beat the Panthers. Yep. So this is a team that is removed from two Super Bowls over the past right. decade. No, that's what I'm saying. Like they they, they either go to the Super Bowl or they're eight and eight and boring. Well, now their teams a small small inkling of what it was. Yeah, very we, small. We did see good flashes from Jerry Judy, which but I'm their excited. Quarterbacks to see. aren't the same. Their linebacking core is now older, if you will. Their quarterback is not Peyton Manning. I mean. No, this is a team that might be thirty-two in the NFL next year, yeah. and I don't want the Denver fans to hate me for it. No, I don't think they will. They they always find a way to win a few, but you're right. I think at some point it's got to be a full rebuild. They have not once gone through a full rebuild because right they it looked like oh my gosh the Denver Broncos what are they going to do? They have this decent roster, but they can't get a good quarterback. Oh, here comes the sheriff because <laughs> Indianapolis didn't want him anymore. Here he comes, and save the day, and ended up winning a Super Bowl for them. So I, I think a full rebuild is likely in the cards for the Denver Broncos. It's so, it's got to be soon, I would imagine. And that wraps up paydays and purges as the NFL goes along. Obviously, we will keep you up to date. Next week, we're going to be doing the NFC and AFC South yep. with a lot of questions. Obviously, they have a lot of draft capital in that area. Deshaun Watson's in that area. We will move forward with that, but right now, let's get into some local news in the NBA. Oh, baby. The, the Nets and the Knicks look good. Very they good. Look good. I, I was going to say something about the eight-game win streak, but the Knicks are in there, too. They look good. The Nets look fantastic, and how fantastic? Let me just break down some stats for you. The most efficient isolation scorers this season, top three, a minimum two attempts per game. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Number one is KD. Great. 65.3. Number two is Kyrie at a 63.6. Number three, James Harden. James Harden at 61.7. They're on an eight-game win streak, the most since the 2008 season, I believe, for the Nets, who were the New Jersey Nets at the time. Trouble. They were playing at the IZOD Center. Trouble for the Lakers, trouble for the West, trouble for the East. 
the, Trouble's brewing. I don't think offense was ever their concern. I don't think, once they acquired, all, it, even when they had Katie and Kyrie, nobody was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when their offense struggles. Their offense is their offense will be fine. The, the question has always been their defense, and in particular, their rim defense. Who is going to be that guy? But again, it, it's looking like this year, no team has a guy that will consistently punish you down low. Except Embiid. It, Embiid, but again, Embiid plays a decent amount on the perimeter. He gives you possessions off. Oh, there's no Shaq. He gives you possessions off because he sits outside. Now, he shouldn't. The game plan should be to play Embiid 48 minutes on the right block with his feet set and dribbling an orange ball and putting it in the hole. It should literally be the triangle offense for them. It should be that simplistic. But, for whatever reason, he loves playing out on the perimeter. So, I would say, and even AD likes playing out on the perimeter a little bit more than you would typically see out of a big. And he's hurt right now. So, in terms of what this looks like, you knew at some point they'd get it clicking. You know, you didn't know if it would be this quick, but you knew they would get it clicking, and it's scary good when they're clicking. And again, when their defense does just enough, they're unstoppable, period. And that's the end of the story. A very good point. And let's let's just break down who the best players in the NBA are right now in isolation, those three. But let's break down just James Harden alone. Now, James Harden right now is averaging career highs with the Nets of 49 points per game, uh, 49 field goal percentage per game, 42 from the three, eight rebounds, and 11.4 assists. This is the best James Harden we have ever seen. Do you think he's the best player in the NBA right now? It's also the most selfless we've seen James Harden since his OKC days, back when he was a young buck uh, and didn't have much of a beard. Uh, in terms of best player in the league right now, yeah, probably. Because there's just no one else that comes to that comes to fruition. KD's been sidelined That's true. for the past few weeks. But one playing he's with best. his hamstring, right? And LeBron's again, have the you, you got to play. In history. You know, you got you got to play. It's a whole part of being the best player in the league. You have to play the games. And LeBron, you know, again, he's just going through. We see this all the time, Jolan. We we saw this at Cleveland. Oh my God, he hit a stretch where he's not shooting well. Oh my God, they hit a lull. Oh my God! The season's done, and and for and somehow, some way, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because the season doesn't end today. The season ends in May and in June. That's when it matters. LeBron has his lowest PER since his rookie season. Goose, you're treading light water. Right, but you also <laughs> got to remember his usage is through the roof, and he's shooting 19 percent, I believe, this month from three point land. Yeah, and his shoe shooting's up too. So. Right, so he he's not really he's not the most effective player. And he his usage is through the roof, so that that would lead me to believe his per would be awful. So I, I but again, like with, this happens a lot. We see this with LeBron led teams. They go through this lull. They either make a move at the trade deadline. They oh I don't know which might be Boogie Cousins. I don't know. Get their second best player back. Uh, oh I don't know. Get their best def- one of their better defender guards back. That might help too. This team, we saw it, John. They were clicking and they were playing really well. So it doesn't. I'm not concerned right now. Here, as we sit at the end of February, now if they're playing like this in April, yeah, I'm concerned. If they're limping into the playoffs this way, I'm very concerned. Well, let me raise some concern for you right now because when the Lakers are talking, and I quote LeBron here, they're not worried about regular season. They're worried about the playoffs. But they lose to the Jazz, and the Jazz are red hot. Let's let's break down how hot the Jazz are. They've won 22 of their last 24 games, 20 of those by double digits, and among the teams they've beat 
were the Lakers, Clippers, Sixers, Bucks, Heat, and Celtics in a two-week span by an average of 16.7 points per game. Shout out StatMuse. Uh-oh. Do the we... Jazz are the best team in the NBA, and it's not close. Hold on. Do we remember, was it the 2015 Hawks? Or Rockets? Do we remember the 2018 Raptors? Those teams have won 55 and 60 games and and were these high-flying threats. They beat everybody in the league and their the mother. The Raptors won a chip, I'm pretty sure, in 2018. Nope, that was, nope, that was the year before, right? There you go. Uh, so, but again, right. those teams, they beat everybody in their mother. It was a great regular season. And what happened come postseason time, they got absolutely stomped by the dude who doesn't give a damn if his team wins 22 of 24 right now. It doesn't matter. How are you playing in April will matter the most. Okay, we see it all the, we see it all the time. The Bucks. What have the Bucks been the last two years? They've been the best team in the league in the regular season. And then they haven't even, the one year, they were up 2-0 in the conference finals and got bounced. Then, last year, they didn't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Embarrassing stuff. So it has happened before. But here's the thing about the Jazz, and they're, they're younger than the Lakers. They might have the the only person that can guard AD when fully healthy, like when AD's fully healthy, is Rudy Gobert. They have a young guard in Donovan Mitchell. Quinn Snyder has been amazing. Quinn Snyder, rather, has been amazing at coaching. This might be a team that has a Cinderella year. And if a Lakers, or let's say the Nets, because I think they're going to walk through the East, even though I'm a C's guy, but... Let's say the Nets or the, the Lakers take this team easily and meet them in, the, respectfully, the Western Conference and the finals. It might not be as easy as they think. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you homework for next week's episode. I want you to find out Jay Crowder's statistics, when LeBron's statistics when being guarded by Jay Crowder, right? Because that's really who they have to guard LeBron. You're going to put Joe, Joe Ingles, the English teacher, on him. Like, who do they really have to match up with LeBron? I think that's that's a very good question. Donovan Mitchell ain't going to guard him. Mike Conley ain't going to guard him. What, what do you got? All right, so every time Jay Crowder has guarded LeBron, faster than you think, buddy, um, out of the 29 matchups, LeBron has won 23 of them. Um, at points, LeBron has him 28 to 11, rebounds 8 to 5, and assists 6 to 1. So so he's he's averaging he, 28, to, 8, and 6 against this dude. Uh, I think the only guy he averages better than uh, better on is Paul Pierce. He's actually averaging one steal, one block fully against him. Great. <laughs> Look at that. It's like magic. All these teams throughout the years are like, oh, we got Jay Crowder to defend LeBron. Like, Le- LeBron's game's high against Jay Crowder, 42, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. And Jay Crowder's highs were 21, 11, and 5. So you might get some production out of Trey Crowder. Come on, <laughs> that's LeBron had three blocks that game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> come on. <laughs> so yeah, there's no contest there. That's a good point. But are you gonna get a year 18? I think it is LeBron who might slow down. No, because you're gonna get a playoff LeBron. Okay. Right, right. Like, that's fair. This, but this is what I'm saying. Like, but, we ha- we have nothing else to bank on, right? We have nothing. There is no other history of LeBron being. Outside, again, from 2011 to now. Death taxes and LeBron making the finals. Correct. We And we have no evidence of him playing bad in those in those series, right? Like, again, right after that finals. Mavericks. Right after that finals against the Mavericks. Oh, you said 2011. Up until this moment in time, we have not seen LeBron play a bad 
playoff series. Actually, he was the best player when he lost the chip twice to the Warriors. Right. So right, it's a fair point. He averaged a triple double. Yeah. He's the only dude ever to do that. Yeah. He had fifty-one, eight, and eight against the Warriors in Game One. Like, and so, Jordan's your goat. Why? <laughs> Didn't play against the zone. That's a whole different. That's a whole <laughs> different conversation. But no, I, I, I again, like I said, based on the evidence that we have and the history that we've seen, I have no reason to think that we're going to get any less version of LeBron in the postseason than we have before. The last time he played 80, do I do I have to remind you? You might want to start looking up 2018 LeBron, okay? Because that was the last time he played all 82 games. And in that postseason, he averaged, I believe he averaged 34 and 9 and 9. He was he was unreal. Hello. He, he was, that was the year he... They put up 51 in game one of the finals. You're right. That was the year he hit those two buzzer beaters. That was the year he went to game seven in the Boston Garden and took down the Celtics after Jason Tatum dunked on him in that game. Like, I have no reason to doubt him right now. Again, I think I think him playing in the All-Star game could be a mistake. If I were him, I would I would look to sit out that game, not only to A, make a statement, but B, to get some rest. It's right, he only had seventy-one days of. No, no I'm not saying his body can't handle it. But I'm <laughs> saying, you know, in terms of this no. longevity thing, he's he's got to get some rest. I'm saying LeBron can't sit out of the All Star game because he is the league. But like, you know what? This is he true. probably gets. I'm not even kidding when I say this. At least twenty percent of the revenue from that weekend. I bet you. He's probably you, hitting contracts and endorsement deals where he I, gets like if there's like two billion made, he'll get a fat chunk of that in his own purse. Rather, I bet you he he uh, he what's it called he. He would draw other players from the All Star game. Yeah, I'm not talking. He, he gets paid by the NBA. I'm talking collectively no, no, I, over the weekend. Right. If there's two billion dollars, a fat percent of that. Yeah, is no, his, based yeah. on what he sells and what his he jerseys, makes. people are there yeah. for him, literally. Yeah, and uh, speaking of jerseys, one that a lot of people have, Kyrie Irving came out this week and, and mentioned changing the logo to Kobe Bryant. Uh, this was something right when Kobe passed that, to me, made a lot of sense. Uh, the, and Jerry Still West. Makes a lot of Jerry sense. West has said he is okay with being relieved of that, quote unquote, being relieved of that duty. Well, Jerry West doesn't get paid for that. They use his likeness right. and didn't say it was Jerry West. That's the, yeah. why he doesn't want it. Right. So at this point, I think Kobe would be a great logo for the league. Um, and, and I just he was just such an embat. And I think it's for everything he did on the court. I know Kyrie said some stuff about uh, you know how the league was built and stuff, but I think I think. You don't even need to go that far. All you got to do is look at what he did on the court, what he did for people in his community. What happened when he passed away? Did did we not see everybody come out? We saw Michael Jordan speak publicly for for the first time in what felt like years, right? Like we we saw everybody. You know, Shaq was telling great stories. He he. That's the kind of person he was. There's no I and team. Right. There's an M-E in that. That's funny. <laughs> right. Blank. Blank. Uh, so, you know, that's the kind of person that Kobe was. And I think because he was such a great ambassador, he'd be perfect for the logo. And I, but again, I thought this was something, you know, we talked about they, they were in the mourning period when it happened. I thought this should have gotten, it would have gotten a lot more run in the preceding months right after it happened, as opposed to now we're 13 months removed. Well, let's not forget Adam Silver is the most innovative commissioner in That's sports. Correct. So this might not even be off the table 13 months later. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's off the table. I'm just saying it, it, it would have gained. To me, it's it's a cool little chunky story, but it would have gained so much traction 
uh, had we had it been done earlier. So let's go from one of the best leagues and commissioners to one of the worst commissioners and leagues right now. It's the Major League Baseball now. There's not much going on besides everyone showing up to spring training, but there is power rankings released to start the season, and I'm only going to give you the top five right now. Well, I'll give you ten through six, and then we'll explain the top five. Right. Ten is the Astros, nine is the Rays, eight is the Blue Jays, seven is the Twins, six is the White Sox. Now we get to the power rankings, top five. New York Mets, are they going to live up to expectation? Let's predict them. Well, listen, I, I'm gonna, I want to watch them a little bit in spring training to make an official prediction. But again, like to the moon. Oh yeah, this is a super, super to, basis. Like to, to the moon, baby. Like I mean, listen, they had a great off season. They, they got some. I, listen, I wanted Springer. I, I wanted, I wanted everybody and their mother because I told you I was tired of hearing Yankee fans for years. Oh, we're gonna sign God for a four hundred million dollar contract. He's gonna wear pinstripes. No, he's not. They thought Stanton Sorry. was God, and now they're getting bit. They, yeah, they thought Stanton was God. They thought Trout was coming to town, and then he signed a 14-year deal to stay out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was excited. But, again, I, I wanted a guy like Springer, but all these little acquisitions, I, I like it. it. It reminds me a lot of what they had to do. You know, they had Cespedes, the big the big splash in 2015 that they got at the trade deadline. The one-year wonder. They, right. Even then, in that one year, he was terrific. He was. And... They had a bunch of little acquisitions. Matt Harvey. Kelly Johnson. Well, that was uh, Juan Uribe. Like the, these, li- these little guys, you know, not little, of course, but these these what seem like little acquisitions. Under the radar signings. Right, under the radar. There you go. So I think I think this reminds me a lot of that. DeGrom's fastball is up to 99 right now. They said they said it's looking scary. Uh, and, but I... Yeah. I This is, you know, I think if, they're, if you're a Met fan, you have no reason... But for optimism, just because it's a different era, it's it's not the Will Ponds anymore. You hope the injury thing, the injury bug turns around instead of turning on you like it does every year. At number four, we have the Atlanta Braves. What do you think? Are they yeah. a World Series team right now? Uh, no, no, I don't see that. The listen, they got to get out of their own division first. The, that the NL East is extremely difficult this year. They have te- teams top to bottom. You know, again, Miami will see, but generally teams top to bottom, at least the first four teams in the division, are all going to be pests to each other. And I think that makes the division that much harder. Now, again, it could ready them, you know, for when they got to play like the NL West and stuff like that. But uh, I think I think Atlanta's going to focus on getting out of their division first before they even focus on World Series. Number three, the New York Yankees. Yeah, I mean, again, every year. Every year they're expected to be great, and they and they should be great, and they've dropped the ball numerous, numerous, numerous times. We're, I'm tired of talking about it. You are consistently dropping the ball. I don't care, oh, we need more hitting. Oh, we need better starting pitching. No, there's no excuses anymore. They, they, it's no, the hope the ex- that kills you. The, the excuses are done. You got Herman back from suspension. Severino's coming back from Tommy John. You have Garrett Cole, who, may I remind you, you wrote out a three hundred million dollar check for hello, okay, like to be the second best pitcher in New York. Ooh, right. The excuses are done. Like they, I'm tired of it. You got to go win a championship. Two and one, respectfully. Both out of L.A. Actually, rather California, San Diego Padres, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, listen, both teams did a great job this offseason. Splash moves. Who has the better chance to win right. a World Series? Who's got the better chance? That's why I put them I, listen, both together because there's t- a lot to talk about, obviously, and we will break them down in the future. Yeah, but. I'll, I'll tell you it's L.A. right now just because of their experience being there. They brought a lot of those guys from last year back in addition to a guy like Bauer 
Um, you know, they bring Running Justin, his mouth on Twitter gets slapped. They, they I was rooting for you, Bauer Outage. They brought uh, Justin Turner back. Uh, Corey Seager's got another year under his belt. Cody Bellinger, obviously, Walker is awesome. Walker Bueller one more year. Uh, Walker Bueller, yeah. And what are you going to get out of Kershaw? That's a great question. But I, I like what L.A. did. Again, you bring that championship core back. Guys that have experience being there. Because, again, baseball is a sport where that, that matters. There are some sports where it doesn't. It is just one shot for them all. Like, I'll, I don't know, the 07 Giants going up against the greatest team ever. You know, you play great that one day, you win a championship. In baseball and in these sports where there are series, oftentimes, and again, you can get funny bounces, but oftentimes the better team finds a way to win. Shout out Miracle. They'll beat us nine out of ten times, but yeah. not today. Today right. is your day. Tonight is your night. <laughs> now get it. out there and take it. Uh, great movie. Great movie. Um, just to wrap it up, again, we, we, you know, we had the very unfortunate accident of Tiger Woods this week. Um, you know, really kicked off the week. Joel, and I got to tell you, when you texted me about it, I was sleeping. There was uh, no reports. I thought we lost Tiger. I, I swear I, to God. I had gotten home from Amazon, and I had gone straight to bed. And by the time I woke up, and I'm like, what did Joel text me about? It's probably something for the pod this week. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, you know, like, this is crazy. And then I started deep diving and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, Bill Malian, he, he's a former PGA golfer turned orthopedic surgeon. If you can find him on Twitter, he wrote a very, it was like 20 tweets about Tiger Woods' injury, what it is, Compact how factor. they're treating it, what they need to treat it with, and can he come back to play? Um, I think I think those questions were should have been reserved for at least Thursday. Uh, it, 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 right in the aftermath, Joel, I'm right when I right after I read your text, it was like one of the first things I saw on the television. Well, can he play again, bro? Is he alive? Yeah. Like, can we can we get to that? Can, is he gonna walk again? If he can't walk, he's not gonna play golf. Well, uh, apparently the news didn't break that he was all right and fine because his team was keeping it private. But they knew he had been up. He was conscious during the whole accident. It wasn't what, what people thought were drinking or another pills incident because. Well, the toxicology report obviously will come back. Well, no, it did come back, and the LA County cleared no, 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 entirely. No, no. Out of being drunk at the scene, that's something they can do right away. Toxicology is oftentimes something they reserve for dead people, but it's it, it goes to the lab and it tests everything. Right, so they will see right, benzos will, or anything under right, that. Right? Yeah, I think they did something similar but, when he crashed right out of his, right out of his house and back in two thousand eight. Well, he recently crashed on his motorcycle. Right. And he broke his back and just had surgery even last year before the pandemic because he was on pills. So that's where the questions were circulating right. around. Yeah, he just had his fifth back fusion exactly, this year. Exactly. So the questions were circulating if he was under the influence. I don't think that was the case here because of his consciousness through the whole thing, and we're just helping Tiger gets back to walking again and being a man. Whatever golf has to do on the side, he's already one of the best ever. Right, and what's interesting is we are going to find out more details because his car had a black box in it. Black boxes are usually reserved for planes. Yes, sir. That just tells you, A, the kind of money he had, and B, the kind of rental car they gave him because it said Genesis open. By the way, I looked on the stock thing. Bad day for Genesis. Bad the, the day, day, the day of that accident, very bad. And they rebounded though. And they're obviously a Hyundai. Yeah, but then they're dipping back down a little bit. You, but you, the immediate reaction was they freaking you know down. But uh, you know, you you said it. You nailed it right on the head, Jolan. I I hope he gets back to being able to hug his kid. I hope. And again, he could do that from a wheelchair. Regard. But I want him to be able walk to walk again. Oh, yeah. Now, 
the good news is, and again, the, this is the hard part if you're in sports and you got to report on stuff. You have to think of the sports aspect of it at a certain point. And, you know, you look at it and I, I, I don't think there's any way for him, you know, he got lucky he lived. But he also, in terms of golf, he kind of got lucky that it was his right leg, which you don't put as much pressure on. You know, and this doctor that I mentioned, uh, the former golfer, he, he said he thinks the biggest limiting factor in Tiger coming back to golf is actually his back, not necessarily his his leg, because Ben Hogan, a near 25 years ago, uh, got in a horrific crash, came back and ended up winning six majors after it. But the big key to that. He had a back of someone nine years younger than Tiger Woods. Hello. So that's going to be the real question. Again, Tiger, we, you know, I don't think you're listening to this podcast, but we we hope you feel better. Uh, we really hope he gets back, uh, again, to being able to run around with his kids and do things with his kids, you know, that, that he was doing. He had, you know, it's funny. He, or not necessarily funny, but crazy. He had the greatest sports comeback that we have seen in a long, long time. In terms of like from scandal and and marriage and injury and Twelve all women. and all Hello. he had to do to get back to winning that Masters show on and he might if he comes back from this and wins a Masters, he I might mean, be looking he, at the greatest he, American athlete besides one of the he, Williams sisters. He might have re He might have re upped his greatest comeback story. It's just unreal. Uh, but again, we'll all see, and that'll come in due time. That's going to do it for this episode. It flies, man. It does. It flies. It does. Reach me on Twitter, at Gosker56, or on Instagram, at GooseOnTheMic. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach out, and we want you, again, if you want to be a guest, be our guest, come on this pod. Again, we're going to expand the pod a little bit as we get and dive deeper into this year. We're going to figure some things out. Jolan, where might the people be? People will be able to find you and the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at good old Joel's or on uh, Twitter for our podcast at, at podcast air it out or Instagram at air it out dot podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that, let me know. Yeah. Again, the, the sports world is ever evolving. If last week we were to sit here, I, I tiger woods being in a car crash, never could have told you that was coming. Uh, we don't know what next week is going to bring, but stay safe, everybody. Continue to keep doing you. Keep doing what you need to do to get your you and your family in the safest spot possible. And uh, we're going to be enjoying limited capacity seating in arenas and venues for the time being. We'll see how that all, all shapes up. But until next week and until episode 41, Joel on. Put in the books.